this moment. So as we just can remain in an attitude of worship and just open your hearts for what I'm about to share. So after Jesus was crucified and he rose from the dead, he's on his way to this small little town called Emmaus. And on the way, he connects with these two guys and they were absolutely perplexed about everything that happened, but Christ, the Messiah, the guy in who, in whose all people's hopes were in that he was dead. And now there were some rumors that he was raised from the dead as well. And they were absolutely perplexed. And at a certain stage when Jesus um, acted as if he wanted to go further, they insisted that he must join them. And as they break bread, as he broke the bread and gave it to them, Scripture says that they are, their eyes were opened. All of a sudden, it wasn't the Jesus crucified and all hope lost. It was the living Jesus with whom they can have fellowship. And they said this, weren't our hearts warmed? Weren't our hearts warmed when he was with us? And last night as I went to bed, I said, Lord, what do you want to do this morning? And, you know, in contrast with the cold weather, I just sense the Holy Spirit wanting to warm our hearts with his love in this morning. That the living Jesus is not, he's the one that we can have true fellowship with. And as they broke the bread, their eyes were opened. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to open our eyes this morning to the fact that there's nothing better than Jesus. To have a living, living relationship with who's the Prince of Peace. And all our help is, is the root of our hope. Everlasting love. And the lover of your soul. something we didn't we didn't prepare this and it's beautiful because this is God's church it's not mine it's not Greg it's not it's no one it's God's church and so we whatever God wants to do we want to go come alongside and we want to go there and I, I really feel like he's highlighting this one thing this one phrase this morning is there's nothing better than him nothing better than him I'll quickly read you a scripture in Revelations, Revelation 19, uh, verse 6, I think Leonie, I did give it to you. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude. Uh, sorry, I don't know why. You can keep it there. Like the roar of many waters. Like the sound of mighty thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Just keep it there quickly before you go on. I just, Lord our God, Almighty reigns. I just feel this prophetically as we're reading through this. Is God is reigning. He's reigning in heaven. My question to you is, is he reigning on your, in, on, over your life? 
Is he reigning in your heart? What other things are pulling you? What, th what things are pulling you away? What things are grasping your heart? What things are more important than the one who's reigning in heaven? The one that Billy just spoke of who died on the cross. For what reason? So that you and I can be reconciled in relationship with him. We go to the next verse. I'll read it from here. Let us rejoice and exalt and give Him glory. Isn't that what we've been doing this morning? Let us rejoice and exalt and give Him glory. Beloved, if, how's our lives looking like? Is your life giving Him glory? Are you exalting Him above all other things? For the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. You know, when I, um, when I was in school, way before, my parents, before they got divorced, I was part of a church and there was always this desire in me for Jesus. And we went to church, but my parents got divorced and therefore we left church. And I wasn't really part of church. I knew church as the Sunday school teacher when I asked him the question, can I pray again after I said, say amen? And he said to me, no. <laughs> I want to tell you, you can, all right? <laughs> I hope he got that revelation <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I got hurt. And then I went into high school and I went on a church camp and I got saved or I met Jesus or whatever. And I went back into church because we were forced to go to church because we were in the hostel. And I would go into church and I would sit in this church and just, it just felt like a duty. It felt dead. I was just sitting there. But I love Jesus and I went. And then um, I became the leader of the UCSA which is a youth group at a school and because of jealousy and people around me they started bringing up my past where I partied and did drank and smoked and that's a bunch of stuff that wasn't honoring to God and they brought it up I've asked for forgiveness but they brought it up again so that I don't know why but they wanted to hurt me so I got hurt through that process because it was fellow people that served with me in the youth group. And I went and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Don't want to be the leader. I, was, I sat in the church and I went, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. I want nothing to do. I want nothing to do with you. I want nothing to do with this place. And I went back out of it. And I, this is a story on its own, but I got into TMT, which is a Bible school. And I remember sitting there, we had to go to church, and I went like, why? Why do I have to go to church, man? It's like, I can just worship Jesus in my own place, in, the, in my bedroom and do it. And I was, I was hurt. I was sore. Because I didn't know why. Why does, what? And then Jesus started working in my heart. 
And that's probably why I'm look why I'm crying because the one thing that I hated the most is the thing that I loved the most, which is you. Because church is not a building, you correct. But it's a people. And practically we have to sit in the building, otherwise it would have been very cold outside. <laughs> the warm hearts. Thank you, Billy. <laughs> But then in that time, my, my heart went from, all right, I have to go to church to, well, I'm a worship leader, so I can stand there and, and play my guitar and sing, and people can tell me I did good, and I can feel good about myself, and I misused the church. And then God had to break that in me, and it took me for a long journey where I got to a place where I realized, Jesus loves his people so much that he would step down from his throne, come to earth and die on a cross so that we can be in relationship with us again. And you know, it's not just for one person. It's for a lot. And so in that revelation, in that scripture, he's seeing, he's talking about the, the, the supper of the lamb, the bridegroom coming back for his bride. Who's the bride? It's us. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. <laughs> but it's us. It's us. That's why it's not one person in his room, but it's us, the church, that he's coming back for. And then he says, he says in, that next, in that next verse, And it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. The righteous deeds of the saints. We have a part to play here. We have a part to... That we, uh, how amazing is it that you sitting in your chair today have a, have a part to play to clothe the bride with the righteous deeds. Not to make myself look good. Not to get myself... You know, but, but to serve her. To serve one another. We have a part to play for when Jesus comes back. You know, my wife, she's a photographer. Probably not anymore. It's going to end soon. <laughs> but we, we met doing weddings together. So I went as an assistant, actually just carrying the bag. <laughs> and she was taking photos. And it was so, in light of this, this was the most beautiful thing going to weddings. Because you could see the anticipation. You could see the the bridegroom, the guy sitting there in his room, putting his ties askew, not knowing what to do, and the guy's helping him. But it's just like this nervousness, this anticipation of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see her. How is she going to look? That's why we wear, not we, but the ladies wear white dresses because it's pure. You're going to pure ladies come, you're going to receive a pure bride. And it was an invitation, even with the lady, she was sitting there, she always, I, I remember that one thing they always ask us is, how does he feel, how does he look? It's like this, this thing's it's, it's growing. I remember when, before Nadine and I got married, I would drive to, to my work, which was in Albertinia, and I would always drive um, past our venue where we are going to get married. And I would always look as I drove, and I looked at the venue, I would say, all right, so many days, one month to go, one week to go, tomorrow. But I would always be anticipating, ready. 
I'm going to marry the one that I love. There's excitement, this 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 zeal, this this. Oh, I can't wait that she's my wife, and we're going to celebrate, and our friends is going to come together, and we're going to eat together. We're going to. It's 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 excitement. Are we still excited? Are we still like? Are we still excited that the bridegroom is going to come? He's coming. He's coming back. He's coming back for us. But you know what happens? And I've not seen this once while we've done weddings. I've not seen the, the, the bride for one second look to the right or left and become distracted by another guy next to her. Never. Never once. I've never once seen a guy going, or the lady going, uh, can we just get this over with? Or maybe I should just do that. There was always this, ah, something's going to happen now. This build up to this day. And there's a build up happening. I'm looking at the world. I'm, I looked on Facebook yesterday and I went, it's getting messy. It's getting messy. So to my wife, it's getting messy. And the Bible says it's going to get messy before it gets better. But there's one returning. There's, we've got hope. We know this is the truth. But if we start losing focus and looking to the left and the right, trying to get this thing right and put all my attention and focus on this and Jesus starts disappearing in the distance, the bridegroom, I'm no longer anticipating the day when he comes back. We might just, get cold hearts we might just lose focus and we might just miss it where is your heart this morning are you still excited that he's coming back are you still waiting in anticipation reading the scriptures going this is the Jesus this is the one that's coming back for me yearning are you still ready? Because he's coming. And he's coming for a bride. He's coming back. And to tell you the truth, I think Jesus is very excited. I think his grace and mercy is there. And he's hoping that everyone will turn and come to him. But he's excited. He's very excited. Are we excited? Where's our mind? Where's our eyes? What are we doing? Because each one of us belongs to this bride. And one of the ways that we can get excited is not only to look to Him, but to look around us and go, how can I get her ready? How can I make her ready? What can I give? What can I bring to clothe her? They were saved by grace through faith for good works. For good works. And I just want to say this, like I, I remember in TMT, so I'm not the most um, handyman. Oh, <laughs> well, I've always wished I, uh, I was the garden, knew how to make a good, beautiful garden and to 
hit the nail in the wall. <laughs> I, drilled a, I drilled a hole the one day, and it, it was this big for this small painting. <laughs> but somebody said to me, hey? Yeah, it almost went straight through the bathroom. It's like, <laughs> but somebody said, nothing that polyfiller can't fix. <laughs> so great. Um, but I remember in TMT, we, we, we were getting Provence, which is the, the ground that they're using now. We were getting that ready. So I wanted to find a picture this morning, but I, I, I forgot about it. But I had these boots on and with the short pants. And I had this shovel in my hand, busy taking out all the weeds and the bushes and stuff so that they can actually build there. But you know what I did is I got some, I started giving myself an area that I'm not strong in physically as well but I was giving of myself and therefore I felt like I would belonged to this I felt like every time seriously when I go to Provence I go like I said to somebody the other day uh, is he there that, that was my work there <laughs> not to boast but I contributed I remember this building before we yes there was a lot we, we had building parties it was beautiful we would come in all the communities and we would just put plaster on the wall, yes, paint and do a bunch of stuff and walk out here at 19 o'clock. And now when Aiden said this morning, when he looks at some of these things, he goes like, hey, that was me, that was me. And he started feeling like he belonged because he contributed to a building that was hosting a people that was Jesus' people. Now, Hebrews says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints. Do not neglect to get together, but encourage one another. If I'm in a household and I see my wife suffer, I'm not going to walk away and say, you suffer alone now. If I see my wife in need, I'm not going to say, hey, my money, your money, sorry. You decided to buy all the clothes with it. I'm joking. No, I'm going to help her. I'm going to, whatever means, whether it's food, if I have to give her money to buy something, whatever, I'm going to reach out. If my, if my wife runs and that didn't, didn't happen, all right, just, but if she closes the door in my face and sits inside of her room and weeps, I'll give it a moment, but I'm going to go, hey, let's, let's sort this out. I'm not going to just stand back and go, oh, you be you. <laughs> I'm going to go in. I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to love her and encourage her. I'm going to say sorry when they're sorry. But also, she needs, sometimes needs to open the door as well and come out and sort it out. But us as a people, you know, one thing I picked up is, not I picked up a fence, but what I think I picked up just in the last month is little foxes. And when I listen to the little foxes, not to them, but if I look at it, I go, wait a little bit. You got it completely wrong there. That offense, you took offense, but if you went and spoke, spoke to the person, you would have seen it's like you got it completely wrong. Or some people just sort it out. He said, we're, we're in a time where there's these little things we need to sort out for a bigger picture, which is to get the bride ready. We need to sort out those things. Work through it. We're a family. Because if we just leave it, then there's a, a thought call. <laughs> we, um, 
we, we, we went for two days away to Plet, and we came back on Friday, and we were in Naisna Mall, and um, it was raining crazily. And I walked down the stairs, and I looked at Nadine, because she's pregnant, and she, I said to her, just don't fall. And I'm like, I've got Jamie here. I barely said it, and I fell. And obviously, I've got Jamie, so I didn't care about myself in that moment. I just went like this, and I, I just fell. And um, he was okay. He just had a fright. But yo, I was sitting there, and I, I could feel my body. And I got up. We drove back home, and it was raining, so I was concentrating on the road. But when I got home, my, my neck, my shoulders, this side of me, <laughs> we had fish and chips last night. And the lady who gave me the fish and chips asked me if I was in a fight because there's a, <laughs> there's a, <laughs> said, no, 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 I just fell off the stairs. But I, I was, because of the pain right here, I felt nauseous. I felt like I couldn't move. I felt like I couldn't bath Jamie. I just said, Livy, please just bath him. But it's crazy how this, just this part, made my whole body to feel out. And it's the same here. It's when Paul refers to us as a body, and we all have a part to play. If there's one part that's in trouble, lacking, hurting, then we all should actually feel it. So just look around you today, even. Who's not here? And it's not to go, ah, you were in the church. But it's like, hey, I need you, man. I need you to come play your part because God is doing something great here this morning. And doing that, encouraging, say, hey, we missed you. Yes, you're such an awesome person. Just that encouragement goes a long way and we get the bride ready for Jesus. But we all have got a part to play. What part are you playing? Are you giving? Because as you start giving, as you start contributing to this bride, body, family, you feel like you belong. You start belonging. And so my encouragement this morning, which I feel feel God is, there's a prophetic word that came through and and it really resonated resonated with me. And I'll, I'll interpret it like this for us. We're coming into a time where you as an individual need to be part of a body, a church, a family. Because it's going to get rough there. But God will use this vehicle, this church, to go forward. To move forward. So that we can encourage one another, love one another, serve one another, bless one another, even in the time, times of chaos there. And so I really feel God is asking of us, is have you planted, have you decided to put your roots somewhere in a church and contribute and give yourself wholeheartedly to this body or to whatever body? So prophetically, I just want to say that. And so this is what God, I feel God is highlighting for us is Jesus is coming back. Where's your heart? Where's your focus? And are you giving yourself and getting the bride ready for when he's returning? Because that's what I, 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 if I look at my life, I go, that's what I'm called to do. If I have little, if I have much, I'm called to love him and love his people and give everything I have all my attention, energy 
treasures, talents, everything for this purpose. Because Jesus <laughs> is serious about his bride. He's serious about you. 